after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are going to talk about TV commercials, the good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. New York, the city that often naps. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hello, Genevieve. Hello, Andrew. We got a riddle for you here, Genevieve. What did the Thousand Islands say when someone opened the refrigerator? I don't know. Close the door. I'm dressing. <laughs> I kept thinking of that joke today. It's not the best joke, <laughs> but it's one that I remember from my youth. And I kept thinking of it today when we were prepping the show. Today's show, the theme around today's show, I had a platonic ideal for today's show. I got to say, I had an idea in my head. I've come close to achieving what I wanted to achieve with today's game plan, but mm-hmm. the general theme here is the commercial is coming from inside the appliance. That's right. Inspired by a new Bud Light ad that you might have seen if you've been watching any football games. We'll play it in a little bit, but for, I feel like there's a whole history of commercials that the basic premise is the camera or the 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 angle. The point of view, you might say, is inside the appliance looking out, ovens looking out, yeah. refrigerators looking out. At Even the, the occasional washing in. machine looking uh, up. Exactly. I, but I couldn't find, like, I know there, there are millions of yeah. these, but it's a really hard thing millions. to search for. Literal millions of them. Okay. Billions? You want to say billions? Billions. I'm going to say gazillions. <laughs> there are gazillions of these things. And I uh, I found some. I feel like I'm leaving a lot on the proverbial table yeah. that I just well, couldn't that's, find. Uh, that's all great stuff for the Ad Council to go up and go around and pick up. You ordered me. So there's, um, some, there's some truffles out there for some. Hmm. Are you calling our listeners pigs? Or dogs. Dogs go after truffles, Some too. dogs can mm. do that, yeah. Well, well, truffle dogs, of course, famously. Um, but anyway, we have a lot of... All of today's commercials do take place inside of an of an appliance. Now, they're not all that shot that I was picturing, all looking out. Some of them have uh, whole adventures going on inside of refrigerators yeah. and freezers and whatnot. So we did get a little bit of help from folks on Twitter because you, you ordered me. You said, go on... What did you say? You said, you have followers. Go on Twitter and ask people that's what i said so anyway uh we'll talk about those uh and then that was a um, compliment by the way yeah no i guess i'll I'll take it um we have a very special jingle i haven't heard the jingle yet somebody called in our voicemail line and sang a jingle for us from i assume their youth you were laughing very hard listening to it yeah looking forward to hearing it too it was was a real good one and apparently we got an email uh from somebody saying that you're right about something so we'll be that's the best jingle that's the best song in the world yeah unfortunately we don't have time to get to that email today but let's start with the commercial is coming from inside the appliance and living in the fridge <laughs> oh weird hell oh my gosh i did not i this is weird al i assume yeah, I didn't know this song I either. I didn't know this one at all. Here, we'll give you a little bit of a taste of the verses. Yeah. There's something gross in the fridge today. It's green and growing hair. It's been there since July. If you can name the object in that baggie over there, the mystery of a bear. All right, we can't just let him sing for the entire show. we got to break in here at some point. So the commercial that inspired this, as I mentioned before, is a new Bud Light commercial. Um, that Boy, Bud Light really having the, I know. Having the season we again. We talked about the cardboard cutout guy last yeah. week. I mean, it is football season, and football and Bud Light go uh, together like football and light beer. Um, but uh, why don't you set up this commercial because really the problem with this first one is it's all visual. I don't think there's any voiceover at all. Yeah, well, we've really been in a rut with all visuals lately. So sorry about that, everybody. Um, But this uh, this is this is kind of as Andrew was describing it, the platonic ideal. It's it's essentially the same shot over and over again. We are in the looking out from the back of the refrigerator and it's opening to several different people. 
Um, and each person, each refrigerator is filled with different kinds of foods. The person who opens it is different. Men, women, old, young. They're all different, but they're all looking for, and they're all watching football. Yeah, there's say. always a vibe of football. They're all wearing jerseys when yes. they're going to grab the beer. And at the very, very end, I think finally the person like who's grabbing a beer, who I believe is a shirtless man with body paint, he grabs the beer and he walks away from the fridge. So for the first time, you get to see like an actual view of the living yeah, room. Yeah, can outside you imagine painting fr- your body in your own home and touching your own furniture with it? I can't imagine any of it. You have to be a psychopath. I wouldn't paint my body in any circumstance. Yeah, I wouldn't probably either, but I can I can sort of imagine the headspace of a certain type of sports fan or naked bicycle parade enthusiast if you live in Seattle who gets into body paint for some reason, but to sit on your own furniture yeah. just seems truly like demented to me there is a chance that if you're the type of person who's painting your body you might not be sitting during the game you might be standing the whole time it's gonna get on stuff though okay well i'll hit play on this one and we'll we'll kind of, by the way this isn't just for bud light you see of course prominent in every shot are the bottles and cans of bud light that people are coming in the refrigerator to grab they are also using this to showcase bud light seltzer right which is you know they're They're playing in that space, too, now. (laughs) Who isn't? Playing in that space. What I find compelling in this commercial, as you know from watching it with me many times uh, by now, is seeing all the food that is also in the refrigerator. And there's there's one shot where somebody opens their fridge and all the Bud Light is in the middle. And then on each side of the fridge, there are two, like, hoagies wrapped up in white paper. Like, they, they purchased them somewhere. They were wrapped up. They've thrown them in the fridge. I don't even know what's... It's like Schrodinger's hoagie. I don't even know what... Show title. I don't even know what's in those wrappers, but like something about that makes me want to rip into them so bad. I have some of those same triggers. It's so funny when you describe that. I think of a specific sandwich that I used to get as a teenager in Atlanta. Really? What was it? It was was a place called Henri's, and it was um, like this sort of deli corner store by my my dance studio and they made these they made these hoagies but they were like special somehow they were like frenchified i don't know the the bread was french bread and they were very like pickly and mustardy and they were so good toasted i assume I don't recall. I just remember that they were like, it was a really special treat to get one. And Did they, you usually get one after practice? Not like usually. If you were good? But I mean, if you were to get one of these sandwiches, it would be tied to the ballet lesson in some way? Yeah, I think so. Sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it was like mom didn't feel like, you know, dealing with dinner, we'd pick up Henri's on the way home. I love, um, and I mean, I, I did this the worst during freshman football, but like, you go and you do something that is so good for your body, and what yes. is your reward? Just to like calorie bomb, just eat. But so also, much you are afterwards. legit hungry. Yeah, that is like true. You need, yeah. you need fuel at, at a certain point. I remember often. I, I think I mentioned this on this show just a couple of weeks ago. But after freshman football in, uh, I guess the well ninth grade, obviously, um, the school I went to was quite a drive away from home. I want to say forty-five minutes to an hour. And often, if my dad was picking me up after practice we would stop at a convenience store and i would get a bag of um oyster crackers and like two large things of gatorade and i would just pound oyster crackers yes so like saltines but in a slightly different yeah basically in our in, in our head we thought that that was healthier than eating something that was like you know high saturated fat you know like we ate so like we ate so much sausage and lunch meat we thought well that's the bad stuff for you but crackers what could be wrong with that and so there, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's we've fat talked many Andy. times about how your family misunderstood uh as did i think many yeah, americans it was part of the time the as fundamental well. nature of crackers right anyway so let's uh let's go inside uh these people's refrigerators Got a young man. Young woman grabs everything Bud Light related. Two women grab two seltzers. Oh, I like that. Then there's a pause where the only person who isn't grabbing a Bud Light <laughs> is a young woman who goes in, grabs the um, the uh, whipped cream, and just uh, dispenses it directly into her mouth. I think that was a Browns fan, by the way. Maybe a Bengals fan. 
There's your shirtless dudes. None of them are sitting. Oh, two of them just sat on the couch. Yeah, they're going to definitely get paint on their couch. Yep. Um, it's a very, it's a lot of very it's quick very hits. Visual. It's very visual. But I'm, if you are watching any live TV right now, you are probably seeing it because it's in heavy rotation. Even outside of football games? I, yeah, I feel like I'm seeing it other times. Hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, it is very much geared towards a football watching audience. Obviously, everybody who's in it is is geared up. Um, do you, you know, are they allowed? To, I guess they're using real they're using real football logos, right? Yeah, so they must Eagles, be must be yep. partnerships with yeah, the NFL yeah, I'm to sure do that. I'm sure Bud Light has a lot of partnerships with yeah. the NFL. I think it's a good ad. <laughs> There's a good ad, and it gave us an excuse to talk about hoagies. <laughs> That's right. Like we ever so, need an excuse. Yeah. But. Um, okay, this next one is what popped to mind right away when we decided to pursue this as a topic. This again is the platonic ideal. Only instead of a refrigerator, it's an oven picture camera angle or point of view back of the oven looking out and in this whole series of ads um it's a young couple who are watching their papa john's pizza heat up in the oven and of course papa john's is one of those places where it's I a think you mean papa murphy's papa murphy's because I papa always john's do that how do i always a do that? is naughty yes and b does not do take them homes if anybody wants to do a pull quote on today's show, Papa John is naughty. <laughs> dash dash. Genevieve well, has comma host I, comma. I sort of pulled my. I sort of pulled my punch on that because the the real the the nutso guy I think is essentially out of the company. I mean, I guess he yeah, he's always of, trying to claw his way. He's back always in. trying to claw his way back in. So he's got some crazy scheme about how he's gonna. He's got a some. Thing he's going to reveal, like, you know, Rudy Giuliani, like, he's got some big secret about pizza that we're going <laughs> to Remember, he was like, I, I've been eating 13 pizzas a week, <laughs> and the quality yeah. isn't, isn't what it I'm... used to be when I was the CEO. Yeah, so obviously that, that nut bar is still sort of on the fringes. But, you know, if a company does bad, I think they should be pilloried. If a company then does good, I think they should be called naughty and be allowed to then walk away with <laughs> a light it. spanking. That's right. Wow. Um, so these Papa Murphy's commercials, I, I should say, and I was actually doing a little research on them because I really, really like them. They um, they star these two characters that they call Matt and Molly, and they're two young adults. I mean, very specifically, this is a campaign that was targeting millennials. In fact, I'm going to even read this to you. Um, this is from uh, The Drum, which is a publication that was writing about this. Uh, in the throes of adulting, Matt, I hate that phrase, adulting yeah. so much. Yeah, I, I do think that. It's not, in, it's not in use as much now. Thank goodness, yeah. But I, think it, it, I think it wore out its welcome pretty quick. But it was very much a millennial saying, I think, when that generation was getting into young adulthood. Um, Matt and Molly discussed the finer nuances of elevating their pizza game while eagerly awaiting their Papa Murphy's to bake in the oven. Inspired by a quote from David Chang, quote, Millennials know how to make money, but they don't know how to grow spinach. Mechanism, that's the creative agency, Mechanism found that millennials spend 62% less time preparing food than their Gen X counterparts, but... According to Papa Murphy's study, 63% say they really enjoy the idea of cooking. So that makes sense. So, you know, from a logistical standpoint, uh, Papa Murphy's really went for a specific thing here. People don't mind spending, especially this this generation at this time, the, they like spending time in the kitchen or giving yes. the feeling of cooking something, but they don't actually want to cook from I scratch. I mean, it's, it makes a ton of sense. Like, it's the exact same um, marketing idea or innovation that's in you know hello fresh or any mm -hmm. of these boxes yeah. where it's like we do we get you you know one third or two thirds of the way there i will take issue with something that the drum wrote which was millennials don't know how to grow spinach oh that's them quoting david chang who apparently that quote inspired the campaign the drum wasn't saying oh that. i see the campaign is who's inspired Dave, who's david that chang? name rings a bell let me look this up for you i want to say a cultural writer or cultural critic well, um, either way david chang if millennials want to grow spinach or don't know how to grow spinach that's completely unrelated to whether or not they like to prepare food oh this is so embarrassing he's he's kind of hot right now he's the america he's the restaurateur and uh he's got a tv oh, show Momofuku. or a couple of tv shows yeah 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 uh yeah i just wouldn't i'm not really part of any of that like 
you know, food celebrity world. So yeah, I give neither. myself a pass. But now it's that I not hear a that, whiff. of course, I do know that. That was a whiff. No, that was a whiff on a both whiff. of our parts. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I really like these commercials. Not all of them are perfect, but the um, agency really specifically hired two comedians who had um, experience in improv. It reminds you a little bit of the... Um, the two guys sitting in the car for what's that fast food restaurant? Um, oh, uh, Sonic. Sonic, exactly. Yeah. Like these are two uh, improv comedians, just kind of riffing, obviously with some specific ideas in mind, uh, in front of their oven while they see the pizza heating up in front of them. Here's a good introductory. Why don't I play <laughs> Wait, several of these? The guy in this, <laughs> the guy that we're about to talk about, yeah, was in a movie called. Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. <laughs> it seems about right. I looked her up, too. I really wanted to see if, if she had been in some other things. So far, she's still trying to break her way in. Did you look up hers, too? Because I think she was in something kind of funny-sounding uh, as well. Well, we can look that up while we play this first commercial called Too Much Pizza, and we see them both, again, looking in on the pizza as it warms up. Is that, is that too much pizza? The XL and Y, too much pizza when have we ever said that's too much pizza for us oh maddie we're not sharing this oh really this is all for you yes what happened i'm sharing is caring i don't really care right now no. and she's just looking lovingly there's something about them that i find really appealing and yes. i think that they walk a very careful uh or or maybe a deft line here um of a couple that kind of um bickers at each other or busts chops a little bit but they're not toxic they seem very loving you know who could take a lesson um yes the people in the van for 76 the what seven- are their names i don't i don't remember their names but the 76 yes uh, van trip people the first commercial in that series was charming and then they went on the road together yeah. and they got Toxic. They like, really did. These two really, they the, the writers or the, or just, I think more likely, more likely the actors yes. figured out how to hit the tone right. What their chemistry is. In this one, they're watching one of these huge pizzas cook. This is a specific extra large New York XLNY pizza. This thing is ginormous. It's the XLNY. You know what they say. Everything's bigger in New York. That's everything's bigger in Texas. No, that's. Everything's barbecue in Texas. New York, the city that often naps. Have you ever been to New York? There's no need. Hmm. (laughs) Okay, so I really like that one. That one is almost my favorite. But here, I'll play one more, if you'll allow it, Genevieve. Uh, This is the one now. This is the only one, I believe, that has more than two people in it. They're staring into the oven in this, as they usually do. But behind them are two people around their age, house guests. That is a thing of beauty. Guys, we have a little something in the oven, too. Some cheesy bread? Uh, no, not cheesy bread. Well, you can't put a salad in the oven, so what? Matt, there's a bun in the oven. She's pregnant. So no cheesy bread. <laughs> <laughs> Legit laughs. I do love that one. I think it's a great final line. I take issue with the pregnant couple choosing this moment to yeah. reveal their news. Yeah. That's you know, that's a that's their foul. Because obviously the pizza comes first. Well, because obviously it's not the time. Because I, people are interested in the pizza more than their family. Their friends are in the pizza. Right, yeah. Nobody's read the, even, nobody's read the even, room, Prego. Read the oven. Yeah. Prego. Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, there are, they initially released six of those, but I think they ended up building on that campaign, which I think is over now. Oh, man. By the way. Can I just play? Did you see the text I sent you earlier while I was looking at these old Papa Murphy commercials? I don't recall. This is not thematic. But while we're talking about Papa (laughs) Murphy commercials, okay, how about this one from 2015 called Rebold Your Man? You know how we see more and more commercials where you see the, the dad engaged in parenting in some way? And it's kind of this cute trope where the dad is getting a makeover by sure. maybe two daughters or his hair is getting done or, or he's, he's wearing a... Like he's doing the, la- the princess costume in the laundry. Exactly. Yeah. And well, this is one of those. In, in this one, we see a woman. She's in the kitchen. And then she looks over into the living room and you see a dad who's kind of like 
me, kind of schlubby, beardy guy. But his he two, is very much like you. His two daughters are dressing him up like a fairy princess. He's got a little tiara. Um, he's got beads around his neck, and you know he he actually looks like he's having a good time and being a good dad and enjoying time with his daughters. And then listen, but then the the wife in the kitchen gives him like a scalding look and listen to this voiceover. Hey moms, what happened to that bold, gritty stud you married? Has your husband been de-bolded? Rebold your man with Papa Murphy's new Buffalo Chicken Shut Pizza. Shut it down. Scratch-made dough topped with tender chicken, creamy garlic sauce, and the bold taste of Frank's Red Hot Sauce. Home bake a large Buffalo Chicken Pizza. Now, so this pizza is going to make him a man again, and then we'll see a shot at the end of him now dressed in a... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm describing this. I feel like you think I'm... This is a Saturday Night Live skit, but now it, like, it reads like he, one. He's eating this pizza, and now he's going to be wearing a football jersey and a sweatband, and he's going to be cheering on the team. But then at the end, there's a little bit of a button of a joke where, oh, but the daughters are still in the room, like trying to play with him or something. He's not wearing shoes. Just eleven dollars. Yes, it's really bold. Mm, not that bold. Oh, they're doing his fresh baked Papa Murphy. Yes, his, the girls his, are doing his toenails. His feminization has been. And only somewhat mitigated and, mit- and mitigated and he's still getting his toes painted that's awful that's from 2015 the dad the 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 actor playing the dad in that seems not just content but like cheerful about raising the, his raising children. his daughters and playing with them in the way they want to be played with and having a good and time the, the happy ending for this suburban woman is for her husband to be ignoring his children and watching football instead what is the Who message made that that is awful it's galling it's really galling also please check your text messages i sent that to you like three hours ago um That's, that phone is for my convenience <laughs> okay this- i'm the last <clears throat> adult i'm the last american who believes that phones are for my convenience i probably have too many links in today's show sheet and it's weird how how much i'm clinging to this idea of the ideal shot it's like in the back of the appliance I told you let it go and release desire i know like i have a bunch of other ones that are probably more interesting but i'm going to start with all of the ones that are the platonic ideal of a shot right. even though there's they're not that interesting and i also need i remind you we are not a visual medium i know uh but here we go uh in this one this is a family and they are very into lunch meat which is something that i can <laughs> you can really relate, really relate to we're going we, through like Two and a half pounds of turkey a week we at really, this point. Oh, yeah, on a, on, a, on a slow week. Um, so this is for Oscar Mayer Deli Fresh Meats. And we see the same family open up, opening up the refrigerator uh, all during the week during different circumstances for snacks, for meals, for just good meaty times. With Oscar Mayer Deli Fresh, <laughs> it's not just a sandwich. Far from it. It's a chance to take a break. A reason to bond with your best buddy. Oh, hello there. You know, unless this family is switching races on us, I'm going to retract something I said before and yeah. say that this is all the same families. family. Let's just say it's various families and various refrigerators. An opportunity to go over the top. It's a moment to feel like a family. Or to have just to yourself. Finally. So in one of those, you see that the electricity is out and the family is hunkering down and having a, hey, a thunderstorm snack of Better eat bologna. it before the, re- keep the refrigerator closed. Exactly. Don't Did you notice be- that the lights actually went on right in the in the last minute of that shot, the last second of that oh, shot? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. And now uh, this is a midnight snack for a young couple that are trying to keep their baby asleep. It's a taste of something good, a taste we all could use right now. So let's make the most of it. And let's make every sandwich count with Oscar Mayer. I like that. And then at the very end, the camera pushes out from the back of the fridge into the home. One thing I find kind of interesting about this whole premise for commercials is how much has to be, how much setup and and staging and directing and everything they have to do for what is a very uh, hard to see quick shot of a background. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like... For so many commercials, there's like a little story, maybe a couple little stories, but you get a story that's set in a family's living room or kitchen or something. And, you know, whatever you do to set that up and, and direct those actors and costume them and all that stuff pays off in some way. There's so much that that's all happening in these ads, but 
so much of it is yeah. obscured by like you know ketchup bottles. And it's happening fast, fast, fast. We probably yeah. see I don't know like seven different families and settings in that. Yeah, but do you I think like it, it though. It's a rich world. It's a it's a rich world indeed. I'm not even joking though. Like, no, I kind of like it. No, it it must you. be kind of fun, right? I think so. Um, okay, th- when I went to Twitter and said, "Hey, can anybody think of any other commercials that take place inside of an appliance?" Do you know what the immediate responses were? I think I got three people immediately saying. It's the same one that we thought of when we when we thought like, what's the archetype of that? In fact, uh, I believe our friend Durs put it best when he said, "I got one word and one letter for you, Sunny D." <laughs> <laughs> I got it. So in this famous commercial from the early '90s, you see a bunch of boys playing hard, playing volleyball, enjoying their very fluorescent colored shirts and then they're going to come home where the mom is going to make sure that they are well hydrated they i think the boys reach into the fridge right the boys come running into the the boys are playing volleyball and then intercut with that we see the mom in the kitchen unpacking the groceries she takes the bottle of sunny d out of the grocery bag puts it in the refrigerator when the boys get home they like like they are like, hey, Mrs. M. Hey, mm-hmm. mom. They're all sweaty. They're all they're, they're sweaty. Like, they're like... It's like a Lizzo video up in here. <laughs> and they immediately go hit the fridge. And that was such a, a trope back then, like in 80s and 90s sitcoms. I feel like like the kids all running in and running to the refrigerator. And then drinking out of the container. Yeah. And so they run in to the fridge. And now we're inside the fridge. And... They are going through all their options mm-hmm. of what they have to drink. Do they have anything purple? Like any kind of purple uh, stuff? I don't know. I have to check and find out. But mostly sugar. Problem, guys? Way to be, Mrs. J. Way to be, Mrs. J. They're all drinking from the same Sunny Delight jug. Yeah, it was a pre-COVID time. It was a pre-COVID time. It's just amazing to me. And I understand, you know, what Can you even buy Sunny D anymore? I think so, but like... It looks so vile. Nothing quenches thirst less than Sunny D. Oh, yeah. With the possible exception of a a steak. It's sugar. Sugar and phlegm. And it's just like so thick. <laughs> it's so thick. This is pretty graphic, but I remember in high school. You have we, some Clamato kids. I always said that Sunny Delight is like the phlegm of somebody who just drank orange juice. Yeah, it's that's, just a, like good, a, that's just, a good description. It's gross and yeah. thick and not pulpy and yeah. just, uh, yes. So anyway, that is a classic so, commercial. Classic commercial. We all remember it if you're uh, if you're our age or, or older, certainly. Um, but not an endorsement of Sunny D on our part. Please Please don't I get confused. I think I made that clear <laughs> with some of my descriptors. Uh, okay. I think I made that abundantly clear. <laughs> We're now going to move away from the platonic ideal of the um, camera in the back of the fridge or uh, the back of the microwave or what have you. I couldn't find one back of the microwave No shot. back of the microwave. Well, they're out there. I just can't find. Also, whenever you type in commercial appliance yes. or commercial <laughs> yes. microwave all you get is all this shit for commercial microwaves and yes. commercial ovens and commercial cleaning appliances like it's a yeah that's probably the greatest achilles heel of our search uh process so back to the suggestions that came in via twitter um listener uh abby sent me a couple and this one blows my mind it is i mean it's a sonic disaster yeah it's a conceptual disaster. Also that. Um, it's not visually pleasing to the eye. Abby got back with me uh, on Twitter with this immediately. And so I think it might be a cultural touchstone for people who are maybe a little bit younger than us. Okay. Because then you read the comments and there's a bunch of people saying, oh, I remember this commercial. I'm so glad somebody posted this. Um, and I do think it took place in the 90s, but maybe the slightly later 90s than would have been like our youth. Uh, anyway, it's called Refrigerator Raider, and it all takes place inside of a refrigerator. I, it's animated in a very in-your-face kind of style. All of the food that is in the fridge is kind of a three-dimensional style animation, mm-hmm. um, quasi-realistic. But then there's like a two-dimensional little animated guy who's running around eating all of the food in the fridge, but he's always got his eyes on the milk, and he's trying to get to the milk. But as he's, I think I can't even tell. 
he's trying to make his way to the milk, but as he's making his way there, he's accidentally eating the cake and cookies that are in the fridge. Why are there uncovered cookies in the fridge? This could have used a good storyboard, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. And um, for the listeners, you won't see any of this. You'll just hear... <laughs> you'll just hear a fucking mishmash. An atrocious song. <laughs> and then you'll hear somebody... Um, You'll hear the uh, the voiceover at the end gets totally buried. I mean, totally buried in the song. It's just a disaster. Here we go. I'm glad we're going to play it for you. Bouncing off a cello. So it says refrigerator rated. I think it says you have a refrigerator rated. Oh, rated. Let's take a listen. You've got a refrigerator rated. Oh, here's you have a rated. Yeah, enhance. It's like the 90s. They're just like, we don't... We don't have the energy to finish this word, this my sentence. Main, my main takeaway from that was that it was like a very off-brand of that song by The Offspring, mm. Keep Them Separated. Gotta keep them separated. I think you're right. I think you're right. But thanks, Abby, for that. Yeah, thanks, uh, Abby, for that. This was <laughs> really great to experience. Abby's a great follow on Twitter, by the way. I'd like to give her a plug, but oh, what's I her can't. Um, let me say, I think it's like... Well, I shouldn't get, I shouldn't uh, guess here um, because I'll give you the wrong one. It is um, Abatron Haley. Abatron Haley. You can find her. Anyway, um, moving on here. Um, this is another. You haven't seen this one yet, have you? No. I find this one again to be like. <laughs> It took me a while to kind of reverse engineer what they were doing with this commercial, which then it kind of made sense. But it's like so aggressive and confusing. But it's for easy off fume free oven cleaner. Okay, okay. Sure. And all we see is a turkey in the oven. And you know how you cover a part of a turkey when you're roasting it with like a, a tin foil cover and some of mm-hmm. you can make it look like a little hat but it yeah, protects usually the breast and I think the wings from getting too it, singed. Yeah it protects the things that you want to you don't want to dry out when the dark meat needs a little bit more heat. So what I now realize after watching this a couple of times is they're playing on the um the idea of a tin foil hat, mm. somebody being paranoid and crazy. Okay. But in this, and it is, by the way, it's a real roasting turkey. This isn't really animated in that way other than to use kind of stop motion and a bunch of kind of herky-jerky motion with the camera to give you the sense that this roasting turkey is talking to us. But you don't <laughs> see any, op- you know, you don't, it's not like personified in any right. way. Right, that no, would be really grim. Yeah. Although even this idea is grim. And so this it's in the oven. This roasting turkey, which, by the way, is done. Like, they need to take this thing out of there. Yeah, it's pretty brown. Um, is, is like, saying, oh, I'm gonna, actually going to say this for you because I think it's hard to follow. He's like, oh, they said that they they said that they couldn't make an oven cleaner that doesn't have fumes. And he's, like, kind of talking like a madman. So take a listen. A clean oven has to smell like harsh fumes, they said. Can't clean grease without fumes, they said. Well, who's crazy now? Not the talking turkey with the tinfoil hat. Oh, there goes my timer. Easy off fume-free oh, cleans yeah. with no So they acknowledge fumes. it. The little timer thing pops out there near the end. I saw you laughing. I'm glad that you enjoyed it more I than I... I actually liked it more than I thought I would. I think, not to give myself too much credit, but I do think that my setup for that helped yeah. ease, the, ease the way or clear the path for your enjoyment for that. Because yeah. the first time I saw it, it just seemed like cacophonous and too in your face. No, I appreciate the epidural on that one. Thank yeah. you. Um, okay, this is one that we've talked about before, but I couldn't not include it. This is the Pop-Tart commercial. There's oh, a whole yes. series of these very simple, cute, animated um, commercials featuring Pop-Tarts who are personified and then they somehow meet their demise. And it's a very grim commercial. Yeah, we've the, talked about it before when in the vein of it being... Sort of too grim. Yes. In fact, we might have even talked about this particular one. Um, We see two Pop-Tarts, and they are in something that they believe to be a photo booth. And they're putting on makeup, and they're getting ready for their picture to be taken. Um, But we notice that above them, there are little coiled wires, and those wires are getting redder and redder, and I'm going to say hotter and hotter as they wait for this photo booth to start taking their picture. (laughs) 
Okay. Now. And now. <laughs> they're making faces. They are just now starting to realize that their picture isn't going to be taken, and it's getting very, very hot in there. And now, for a second, we're going to see an external shot. We're going to see like some like kind of stick figure drawings of human beings, and one of them clearly put a sign over the thing that says toaster oven and wrote a photo booth on it, which right. raises some questions about this universe. Are humans tricking pop tarts? To go into their oven? We've talked about this before, and I think, you know, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Why are the humans in the Pop-Tarts roughly equivalent in size? Yeah. You know, like, are one. they peers? Do, yeah. you know, are Pop-Tarts like a an endangered species or a second-class minority of some kind? What does PETA say about this? Are, yeah, I mean, what does PETA say about it? What does, you know, Amnesty International say about yeah. it? Maybe it'd be PETA... People for the ethical treatment of Pop Tarts. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Right. Okay. Is this thing working? <laughs> oh, it's working. Ah, the smell of success. Yeah, it is really weird. The human being the <laughs> the human beings look like they're standing in front of a giant toaster oven because right. they're the same size as the as the toaster strudel or Pop-Tarts or whatever. <laughs> Toaster strudel. Bite your tongue. Sorry. I guess it's different. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not really they're exactly uh, the same. Um, Toaster strudel. I mean, inarguably the superior product, right? I've never had it. And frankly, I wasn't a big Pop-Tart kid. I wasn't either. Um, I knew they, they, we, we really were not allowed to have them in our house for whatever reason. They were just like, you know how every parent has a line in the junk food sand mm-hmm. where it's just like, that's just a bridge too far. Like, yep. X- and it's often an arbitrary line, as you've as you've you and I've discussed. But like some kinds of sugar breakfast things were okay, and some were just no, that's junk food. Yes, and like somehow we like no sugar cereal in our house, except because we were allowed to eat Rice Krispies when Cocoa Krispies hit the market. Somehow, yeah. my sister scammed my mom, and my mom is not an idiot; like she knows that that's sugar cereal. But like she was just too tired the day of and then that camel's nose was under the tent but somehow it's like no sugar cereal except rice crisp uh, which is the most uh, cocoa krispies is the most sugary cereal um it's that's why it's my favorite but pop tarts to me as a kid they just weren't even as good and this goes to like probably as a kid i was making toast and probably slopping on more jelly and like having more of a having you know like i wasn't choosing a more healthy option but just better tasting. I always thought Pop-Tarts were overrated. I agree that they are. I think uh, sometimes uh, as an adult, I've, you know, I certainly have had a Pop-Tart and the people who would eat them like at room temperature, I find them Mm -hmm. disgusting because they're so dry. I will say that a right out of the, uh, out of the toaster Pop-Tart is like the first couple of bites are pretty delicious. Mm, I feel like I burned my tongue, but anyway. Um, hey, this is another one. I did not remember these at all, but um, Morgan got at me on Twitter and he said, didn't Arm and Hammer have a whole bunch of commercials that took place inside the refrigerator? And I found this one from, let me see, this is from the 90s and this is kind of animated in a, a stop motion way. It's like a bunch of fake kind of plasticky looking fruit and food in the refrigerator. Just call it claymation. And I don't care what else. Oh, yeah. Okay. Claymation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I didn't know if you were trying to be delicate because like animation artists will tell you it's not really clay anymore or whatever. Yeah. It's claymation. You know what? Cat Solon. Yeah. You want to get at me with a complaint? How dare you? (laughs) Get off our back. (laughs) Sir. It's our friend who works in this medium sometimes. Um, Anyway, uh, this is um, uh, a a claymation box of baking soda chilling out in a hammock, which you must appreciate, Genevieve, uh, because you're all about that hammock life. I've become about that hashtag hammock life uh, all summer for sure. And it's uh, wearing a pair of sunglasses like it's just enjoying its day. And I think at some point it's going to introduce the uh, Arm & Hammer uh, box of baking soda that's also in the freezer as well. I do some of my best work in the summer, so be cool. Put a new box in the fridge. I'll keep summer foods tasty and smelling fresh. And I'll keep ice cream tasting great. Start summer with a new box of Arm & Hammer baking soda in the fridge. And one in the freezer. 
I'm pro. I'm for it. I think that's a great ad. You know, I didn't really know about that usage for a box of, of baking soda until really I think I was an adult and we started living together. Mm-hmm. Now we keep them everywhere. Like, you know, I keep yeah. one in our in our in my like my shoe uh bench yeah and um yeah i keep one in my closet where i keep all of my shoes as well it's a good um absorber of odor but you do have to swap them out from time to time yeah um this next commercial also came from abby who sent it to us and this is this is and she admits it this is breaking the rules a little bit but it um it's so compelling it's hard not to include this one um Abby actually mentions that she's a pastry chef, and so this has really stuck with her. I think in kind of a, in kind of a horrifying way. But you see, <laughs> um, a woman in a pretty interesting setting. It's actually this big empty room with fluorescent lights, and it's all. It looks like where Jamiroquai did his video. Yeah, a little bit like that, right? Yeah, kind of harsh lighting. She's sitting at a table, and she's putting frosting and the final touches on this cake that she apparently made. Um, and it's pink frosting on a plate, regular-sized cake. In the background, the only other thing in this scene is a dishwasher. The woman will walk the cake and the plate back to the dishwasher, Genevieve. And we'll, I'll, I'll let you see what happens here. A lot of frosting. Forget scrubbing or rinsing. She just took the entire cake in cake plate and just put it on its side and jammed the whole thing into the dishwasher. This feels like and, a crime. And then we against see, cake. We see the 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 you know that again that platonic idea of the shot. Camera in the back of the dishwasher. The door comes closed, and then it goes dark for a second. And then, when the cycle is over, we see that there is nothing left of the cake except the clean plate. Rubbing or rinsing. Now, food left on your plate gets dissolved away. New cascade complete. Skip the sink. How you feeling, Genevieve? After seeing that, it feels very wrong to me. It doesn't feel great, does it? But I am impressed. Yeah. I feel like maybe I've. Like I m- might have seen that before. I really didn't look familiar to me at all. Because it really is an impressive piece of technology if you could truly put a full cake in a dishwasher and have it have everything be gone and clean. Oh my god! I I said to Abby on Twitter, I'm, I said, "Where do you where do you think it went?" She said, "Deep into the grease trap of my subconscious," <laughs> which I agree. I understand why that that would stick with anybody, especially if that's your um if that's your profession. Um. Oh, what about this from Eric? Oh my god, this is upsetting and this the sound is so upsetting here do you remember any commercials that featured the spot maker no this is for something called calganite which is um uh i don't think it's the detergent that well we'll find out in a second it's either dishwasher detergent or it's a special additive that you uh put in the dishwasher to stop spots Mm -hmm. but in this case i believe we see you know like um a real dishwasher and this is from a while back and then a really I think upsettingly illustrated green man, very two-dimensional or almost one-dimensional, um, with spots on his body. And he's got a terrible voice that reminds you of like the, the evil voices of cartoons of yesteryear. I'm the spot maker. I live in your dishwasher, spotting and streaking glasses and dishes. Do I make you unhappy? Embarrass you? <laughs> oh, no! Calganite! That's right, spot maker. Calganite with blue cleaning crystals to wash soft water clean, rinse soft water clear. It keeps the spot maker out of your dishwasher. For the cleanest, clearest dishware possible, get Calganite. Calganite, the end of the spot maker. <laughs> So that feels like early 70s to me. That dishwasher demon had a real Zorak vibe yes. from Coast, <laughs> That's Space what Coast, it is. Coast, yes. Coast to Coast. That's what it is. Absolutely. And of course, that fits. Um, Eric even said, I don't know if this fits or not, but I'll take it because we had to play it. Um, and yeah, the, the spot maker is like kind of dancing around amongst <laughs> the glasses, putting spots on the glasses. Um, how, That's wild. I've never seen that. Yeah. Um, can we do a couple more here? Um how are we on time? Well, we're about 45 minutes yeah, in. How about um, 
There's another one for dishwasher magic. This is like, what is that terrible commercial about like toe fungus where they personify germ? Yeah. I think I'm thinking of a couple of things. You have the mucus one. You have the toe fungus. Yeah, one. we did a show on bad toe on bad feet commercials. I think, and there's there's definitely a toe, there's a real bad toe fungus one. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of a bunch of characters that are like that, like creepy, gross, germy characters, and they're all inside of a dishwasher. Over time, your dishwasher gets clogged with stinky buildup, minerals, and grease. Power clean it with dishwasher magic. Clean, freshen, and maintain your dishwasher with dishwasher magic. Do you think it's a coincidence that the two um, dishwasher commercials really have, like, evil demons inside them? Like, the okay, the oven had a crazy turkey. But, like, really, dishwashers really are focusing on the evil demons inside yeah. of the dishwasher. <laughs> it's because no one knows how a dishwasher works. kind of want to skip this one. Do you want to hear a bottle of Ensure yell at a bunch of unhealthy food inside of a refrigerator? Do I? All right, let's take a listen. Okay, listen up. I'm here to get the lady of the house back on her feet. OJ, veggies, you're cool. Mayo, corn dogs, you are so out of here. Because I'm reworking the menu, keeping her healthy and you on your toes. The complete balanced nutrition of Ensure with 24 vitamins and minerals, antioxidants, and omega-3s. I see you, Cupcake. The Cupcake was trying to hide between some healthy applesauce and fruit, but then the Cupcake had to get out of there, too, because the big bossy Ensure says, nope, the lady of the house can't eat this stuff anymore. I kind of feel like me. I could use a, like a drill sergeant bottle of Ensure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just a fantasy. Um, do you want me to be a partner who yells at you? Do you want me to start? Um, no, I want my food to yell at oh, okay. me. Okay. You don't want me to go all Nexium and no, start counting your calories for you, right? That's right. I've been watching The Vow. Joke. Yeah. Um, that guy was uh, sentenced to, did you hear that? I did, yeah. 20 years or something, yeah. basically life. Um, uh, anyway, welcome back to After These Messages. Um, <laughs> one more here because now I just need to complete this. Um Actually, this is interesting, I think, because I find it interesting when people who are photographing or filming food for a commercial, when they're trying to sell that food, and you know because of all of the conditions of filming food that, like, it's not usually the actual product or it's painted, literally painted over right. I and mean, all, all these things. I always tricks, think right? of The Good Place and how all the frozen yogurt was made of mashed potatoes. Oh, right. Yes. Well... The amazing thing about this is White Castle is trying to advertise their microwavable frozen sliders. And this all takes place inside the microwave. And it's two sliders, just like, you know, small buns, small piece of meat and a piece of cheese. And they're animated and they're talking to each other. And it looks so gross. Like you wouldn't <laughs> want to eat. I mean, I guess they're just kind of like, well, we can't make the food look too good because then people will be disappointed. Look at <laughs> Look at how thin and crappy. I mean, that, that is looks. what a White Castle looks like. It's so terrible looking. And they're tasty, but hey, they don't look great. You want to take a listen to this? Yeah. Hey, Stan. Yeah? Why did the slider go to the gym? I don't know. To get better buns. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. I know. One of a kind sliders. One of a kind taste. White Castle sliders. What you're craving is in your freezer section. I feel like the sound on that's pretty bad, too. Could you hear the punchline to that? Why did... To get better buns. To get better buns. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, you know, I actually kind of, like, respect. Oh, really? Because that is exactly what the, what the freezer version of White Castle looks like. And, you know... Like, it is what it is. Like, it's, it's a tasty treat. It's not good for you. It's not... You know? It doesn't look good tasting, though. It just looks like... I I mean, it looks like white bread cheese and a little slab of meat. I mean, it looks like a it looks like a smear of meat. It's so thin. <laughs> but I, I like things meaty. Anyway, let's go to the ad counts. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, let's uh, start with that email that we don't have time for of somebody <laughs> defending your take on a commercial. This is, I'm actually going to replay it because I think that's the best way to explain it. This is a um, commercial we played on the show last week. We were just uh, talking about a bunch of commercials that people were talking about on Twitter. Um, and I came across this one. This is uh, features two politicians who are running for governor in Utah. One is a Republican and one is a Democrat. And this is their little uh, 
PSA. Sorry, I'm stalling here because it's hard to play things from Twitter. I'm Chris Peterson. And I'm Spencer Cox. We are currently in the final days of campaigning against each other to be your next governor. And while I think you should vote for me. Yeah, but, but really you should vote for me. There are some things we both agree on. We can debate issues without degrading each other's character. We can disagree without hating each other. And win or lose in Utah, we work together. So let's show the country that there's a better way. My name's Chris Peterson. And I'm Spencer Cox. And we we approve approve this message. Okay, so that's the commercial. That irritated you. I believe your quote, if I had it right, was... (laughs) Fuck <laughs> <laughs> That was my quote. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, and I want to make this clear just at the top here. Like, I didn't, I wasn't like defending this thing like, oh my God, finally there's civility in politics and I'm retweeting it. Look, guys, there's some good news. I just felt like, no, I know, okay, you're not does, no, does no harm, you know, like just yeah. to say that. But anyway, but it really, it I really irked you. I, I got to tell you, I listened back to our show last week because I, that was a moment, a rare moment, uh, particularly on air where we really disagreed about something. Um, very honestly, very honest disagreement. And I, I think it was, we had a, a fruitful discussion about it. Um, I well, am. We kind of disagreed about the spot maker too earlier today. I, I I wanted to welcome him into my home, and you said, <laughs> "Fuck you, spot Fuck maker." Fuck you, spot maker. Um, so just to be clear, like I, ironically, I think we had a very spirited but simple debate <laughs> yeah, about right. it. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and I, but I really do appreciate uh, to the listeners. A couple people on Facebook uh, kind of had my back on this, but I think listener Merrill uh, really sums it up. Um, saying, I completely understand why this ad pisses Genevieve off. Maybe an analogy will help. Someone has been punching you every time you meet for many years. Every time you complain to the authorities and they act like you're a whining troublemaker who's either making it up or deserves it or both. You don't want to just go ahead and get into a brawl, but eventually see no alternative. One day you punch back. All of a sudden they're concerned about incivility, making public statements about how awful it is that we're fighting and everybody seems to be going along with the idea that we're all equally at fault. And Andrew, I know as somebody who did eventually punch back to a bully and then got in trouble for it, mm-hmm. surely did you'll... Did you drop that surely, case or not surely, <laughs> surely you'll relate to this argument. I don't, though, because I don't understand... And again, I, I'm not trying to fight with you and I'm not trying to fight with Meryl. And I, and I do understand how... Um, there's something frustrating about pretending it's a level playing field when it's not when it's not a level playing field. But I don't get the impression from this ad that like I don't understand where the analogy comes that this is a reaction to the de- let's just say Democrats. Right, it's not back. Jared Kushner or somebody. Yeah, it's ad. not like a finger waggy saying like yeah. or it's not even a mea culpa on behalf of the the again just to go with the parties here the Democrats. It seems to me, if anything, like I, I think in the world we live in, this ad is a reaction to. Trump and Trumpism and what's going maybe they would have released this I mean politics are you know pretty uncivil even before the the uh, before Trump took office but um I don't f- in, unless something was going on specifically in this ad where the Democrat was punching back and now suddenly he's kind of saying okay we're all going to calm down now I, I don't I don't see how this analogy is what's going on I think it's two people from different parties looking at how yeah. nasty the world is and just saying, we're going to, let's just try to talk about these things, even if we disagree. I, I take your point. It's not the Republican coming on by himself or, or either of them coming by himself. They're trying to do it together. I think that the left, um, of which I am a, you know, proud member, is so angry right now and deservedly because mm-hmm. so much, I mean, this is the week that Barrett got appointed. This is the week that, you know, the that Kavanaugh is signaling that, uh, you know, not every vote should be counted. And I think we are so angry and bruised. And to have anybody anywhere say to some of us that civility is the highest value is I mean, like, makes us incandescent with rage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, save it, uh, save it for fucking November fourth. Yesterday, let's see you. Let's see how fucking civil they are then. You know, after Barrett got, you know, officially um, got all the official votes, and I believe was sworn. Uh, there's two swearing in ceremonies, right, for justices, and the first one happened yesterday. Well, either way, my point is, yesterday I was pretty devastated. Yesterday, I, I don't think I. 
it, it wasn't as intense as actual election night 2016, but I couldn't think of any other time I had the particular feeling in my stomach of just watching something so bad happen to the country that we can't come back from yeah. seeing what happened. And I think an earlier version of me would have even said, well, I don't want Democrat. I'm go going way too much into politics here. And I'm going to start <laughs> stumbling really bad here when I can't remember people's names. But like after them blocking the America Garland mm -hmm. nomination. It, yeah. Um, even then, if. I knew the Democrats were going to take power. I still might have been one of those. I might have been mamby pamby and been like, yeah, but still we have to live up to our ideals as people on the left. We shouldn't play those kinds of games, even if we do regain power. Because, And I definitely don't feel that way. I mean, after yesterday, you're just like, no, 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 they're it's a cyclical thing. It's yeah. not just, and by the way, it's not just about abortion or conservative values. What they're doing is, I mean, they're, they're destroying the democracy by creating the circle of, oh, we just keep on putting people on the court who are going to make it harder and harder to, for people to vote so that only our people vote so yeah. we can put more people on the court. And it's just going to be, it's going to be, I'm, I'm spinning over this yeah. in a way that I, I just can't, I can't seem to. So I want you to know that I take all of this stuff seriously. And from a practical standpoint, like I would say, yeah, pack the fucking court. <laughs> because they, they will the and they would the preferred nomenclature yes, dude, whatever. No, but, but I'm even saying like, I don't care what you call it. And I don't care for me, if somebody's going to yeah. say, "Well, you're not, you're you're being hypocritical," no, 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 like we got to fight back. Yeah, hypocrisy um, is um, <laughs> rich. But anyway, so I guess now I'm right. just trying to like build my bona fides or something yeah. of, of of trying to be on the right side no, of history we share here. Our, we share our values. Yeah. We just disagreed about this one, you know, expression. Yeah, and in this particular spot, I'm kind of like, eh, there was nothing super offensive, and they were both out there, and they're both. It, it seemed like a level playing field, and if if the message just is, hey, let's just try to be civil and have uh, conversations, let's do that. But anyway, I understand why um, why why you feel the way you feel and why Meryl feels the way uh, they feel, or she feels. So um, anyway, let's move on. Moving on. If you want to. Sorry. To another culture war. Um, I'm sure many people here remember the paste picante sauce uh, ads from, I, I want to say the 80s, right? These are pretty old. New York City. Get a rope. Get a rope. So these these ads, if you are uh, young, <laughs> were these sort of like very cartoony. I mean, they're real people, but they're sort of very over the top cowboy types sitting out on the range, cookies making the dinner. They're having some salsa. I don't know that cowboys. Is his name actually Cookie in this or is it just the, That's the just cook's name I, is always the Cookie? The cook's name I is like Cookie. It. Yeah, That's I don't great. know. I mean, maybe he's not. Maybe he's. Maybe it's Jerome. No, I don't know. You're absolutely right. I just love that detail. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so they get a, they're, they're having their, their dinner on the range. They get some salsa. They, they, they run out of salsa. The cook gives them uh, an off brand of salsa and um, a discussion ensues. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and why don't you go ahead and play this and then I'll get to Harvey's comment. Hey, Cookie, more picante sauce. Cookie. Yeah. This ain't paste picante sauce. What's the difference? Cookie, paste picante sauce is made in San Antonio with fresh vegetables and spices by people who know what picante sauce is supposed to taste like. This stuff's made in New Jersey? New Jersey? New Jersey! Get a rope. Pick up the original what? Texas Picante It's supposed sauce. to be New Pick York City. I know, because I don't know. I had no idea there was a New Jersey take for that. But that's what Harvey's uh, comment was about. Remember when commercials had alternate takes? I remember the first time I saw this version of the old Pace commercials. I shouted out, New York City? And was baffled when they said New Jersey. It's the exact same commercial with that one little change. And Harvey also says, my partner was astonished to hear the get a rope. It's very end, violent. Which is very violent. It is. In a modern dark. context, it's, yes. it's too dark. I don't think you could ever do Even that now. Even then, it's pretty dark. My family, that was a, a touchstone for my yeah. family. New yeah. York, you couldn't hear or say the words New York City in my family without the immediate follow-up from someone, get a rope. I, Luke and I, I mean, I... I think that's still the case with us on TVTL, <laughs> although it certainly was for years. Like if any, and he would he was traveling to New York a lot, and we were constantly saying "get it a rope." It made a huge impact. Yeah. But who knew there was a New Jersey version? Not me. That's wild. Why do you? Here's the thing. Like I understand cutting different versions for regional spots, but that's that's not the point of this one. In this one, you're always 
you know, making fun of the other. Yeah. Could it be that for it's New for York? New Yorkers? <gasps> Is that, okay, New Yorkers in the audience, New Yorker ad counselors, let us know if that's what you heard, if that's the version you grew up with, because I would be, would be fascinated to know if they did a special version to avoid offending people, people in, New, in York. New York. Wow. All right. Thank you, Harvey. That was fascinating. Um, this is also fascinating to me. Um, we've talked about these these pro- progressive ads before. The Dr. Rick um, pe- coach who helps people who are becoming their parents after they bundle home and auto life insurance. Some of the best writing on TV right Hilarious. now. Hilarious. I mean, I've seen these commercials a hundred times and I, I watch them w- with rapt attention every time. Um, so this this actually emerged on Facebook because there was some discussion about whether the new the newish progressive spokeswoman who is very sarcastic is likable or intended to be oh, likable. Yeah. But listener Corinne wrote, here's now for a progressive character whom I don't hate, Dr. Rick. I celebrate the entire turning into your parents ad series. Me too, Corinne. The internet has been giving me conflicting information about who plays the role, but I think it's this guy, Bill Glass. Can anyone confirm? I need to know because I need to use my considerable influence to get him all the acting awards. <laughs> I think he's legitimately great in this role. Strong agree. So why don't you play this one with uh, for, for Progressive? Okay. And I'll just, if you haven't seen it, it's um, it's kind of shot like a like a documentary or a maybe like a, a soft feature news segment about or something. And Dr. Rick is a white-haired guy. He's got a mustache. Kind of a Wilford Brimley in his prime type, I would say, and just in terms of his looks. You know who he reminds me of? I think this character... Re- Reminds me of the guy who owns Cable Town on Thirty Rock. Oh yeah, very Hank Hoopery. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, comparison too. How old would you say this character is supposed to be? Um, late fifties. Late fifties at his youngest, and he's got a book that he wrote. You see him like in his office. Oh, the set dressing in his office. All of them are hilarious. He's, he's a, a Doctor Rick Parenta Life Coach. <laughs> And he's got all of all of his awards surrounding him. Yeah, or certificates, I should say. The, every one of these is a gem. But why don't you play this one? All right, everyone, we made it. My job is to help new homeowners who have turned into their parents. I'm having a big lunch and then just a snack for so dinner. We're just- using a speakerphone in this store. Is that a good idea? <laughs> one of the ways I. Do- so what he's done, by the way, here is they set it up by he's taken a bunch of his patients. Is patient the right word yeah. here? Loaded him up in a minivan, and he's taken them all to like a Home Depot type of store. So all of the behavior you're going to be hearing is taking place in the store, including this woman who's talking on her uh, cell phone on speakerphone. Using a speakerphone in this store. Is that a good idea? One of the ways I do that is to get them out of the home. You're looking for a grout brush. This Garth, is the- did he ask for your help? No, no. That's just some guy who's uh, <laughs> acting like his dad by offering advice to this, the other customer standing next to him. No. We all see it. A guy walks by with blue we hair. We all see it. He has blue hair. Okay. Blue. Progressive. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two guys who are acting like their dads are uh, just trying so hard not to comment on the blue hair of the other customer. Something that I literally lived through, I believe, yep. last time my parents were visiting. That's and I think it was pink absolutely hair. Absolutely true. So I didn't know who this actor was. And Lynn said, or sorry, Corinne said, um, she thinks it's this guy, Bill Glass. And so if you go and find Bill Glass in iSpot, you click on his name, it'll take you to other ads that this actor's done. Oh, okay. I found this one for Toyota that is from 2013. So granted, it's seven years ago. But holy shit. He looks so much younger. He is. But listen to the voice. You okay. have a much younger guy, a guy who is now playing a dad, ironically, himself yeah uh, a dad to like a teenager and he looks like he's in his 40s early 40s no mustache yeah uh, not no gray hair dressed differently but if you listen to the voice you can hear that it's the same actor but it's wild to me like that they olded him up so much for these progressive ads it is funny how he's playing a dad you said this ironic and like that shirt he's wearing is just the most daddish shirt you could possibly imagine hardcore dad uh just a plaid i mean i i have and probably will wear shirts like this, but just a plaid button up, uh, tucked in. Hi, I'm Jan. Welcome to Toyota. We're looking for a car with great MPG. You've come at the right time. It's our Toyota Time sales event. I remember from my research that Toyota is the most fuel efficient full line automaker. You're right. Great memory. I never forget anything. You can say that again. <laughs> Whoops. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't have that same um, light bulb going off for me with the voice that you do. 
I, but, I mean, hear, I, I believe you. I yeah, just saying that like I, it's not. I hear it though. It's, yeah. He's a good actor though because he is very different. Very there. different. Yeah. So absolutely, Corinne. That I think that only um, bolsters your argument that this guy is a is a true talent. Um, okay, Veeves, we're a little bit over time for what we usually do. Should we do hold we have time, jingle time for jingles or should we save it for next time? I say maybe save it for next time. All right, let's save it for next it's time. It's really good, though. So it is really good. You've got to listen next week. Genevieve was laughing her ass off. Yep. I heard a little bit seeping out of your um, headphones before. It's a good one. Interested to hear the whole thing. But for now, we should probably get out of here. You can sell anything. If nothing else, the person who left that voicemail has got to listen next week, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. We're, Assuming we're they know who they are. at least one download. <laughs> Just the one. Week, yeah. um, um, right. I want to say welcome to the new folks who joined the Facebook group. It's great to have you. Um, and uh, you can, if you're not one of those people, please become one of those people, and I will congratulate you next week. Oh, wow. Um, you can also call us at 607-444-5597 or email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail. You mentioned also not just some new members of the Facebook page earlier, Vives, but you mentioned that a, you, you actually were looking at our numbers and it looked like we might have some new listeners for some reason. I don't know if somebody posted something about the show, but if you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's, uh, it, they, we did have a little bit more than we normally do in terms of listenership, so I don't know. Who who you are, where you're coming from, but if you're listening, welcome. Yes, and I feel like don't judge the show based on today's episode. I don't think it was my best work ever, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do great next week. So stay tuned for that. All right, thank you everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, dip is he's once again back again with the caravan of man's from Pakistan. Karachi, Pasi, Zaki's poppy.